Hey everyone, um, do you have life insurance? If not, it's probably something you should be thinking about, because um, it's a really important topic and something people often overlook. But you know, one of the things I found when I went in to get life insurance is I started looking at all the stuff that was covered and how much I was getting charged for life insurance, and it made me start to wonder whether the amount I was paying for my life insurance was subsidising the unhealthy lifestyles of the average person around me. And now there's this really cool insurance broker in America called Health IQ that if you're one of our American listeners, I definitely reckon you should check out. So Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like listeners for that paleo show. That includes runners, cyclists, strength trainers, and more. With the majority of Health IQ customers saving between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, which is amazing. So if you're an American listener, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo. Or mention the promo code PALIO when you talk to a Health IQ agent. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Nick Holderbaum. He's the founder of Primalosophy, which we're going to talk about shortly, a combination of some primal health coaching um, and also a bit of philosophy chucked in, which I'm looking forward to chatting to. He's passionate about the primal blueprint and the impact it had on his life, and so became a primal health coach. He's also a full-time firefighter and paramedic um, in Columbus, Ohio, where he's witnessed firsthand the ill effects of the standard American diet on his community and on his patients. He's working to improve the health and well-being of his fellow firefighters by coaching them one-on-one and in group sessions. Um, in addition to being a coach, he considers himself a student of the Stoic philosophy and evolutionary science. Clients are his first priority but you can find him drinking coffee and endowing, endeavoring, oh, devouring ancient wisdoms when time allows. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks for having me on, Brett. I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, thanks, mate. I had three cracks at that word there. That was great. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your story, mate. Obviously, you're really passionate about the prim- primal blueprint and the impact it's had on your life. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Where were you at before you discovered it and what differences did you notice? So before I got into the whole health kick notion, I was just a normal guy working in machine shops for my early 20s and so on, pretty unhealthy. I was always kind of skinny fat, you know. I didn't know what foods were really nutritious and what foods were poisonous, basically. So when I went out to kind of search for what foods were nutrient-dense, I realized that mostly it was just plants and animals. And I came across Dr. Jeffrey Bland's Disease Delusion, and that book had a big impact on my life. And at the same time, I was getting into the fire service. So taking tests there, you do a lot of physical work. You know, you got to be in decent enough shape to pass a test. So I was looking to start running, getting in that whole chronic cardio phase, uh, still not really knowing what I was doing on the whole diet side of things. And that's kind of when I came across Mark's Daily Apple. Mm -hmm. And it all just kind of clicked. It seemed really easy. It kind of hit home. Wasn't much of a fad, too. So I found, like, I could find the primal blueprint. I read that. The the 10 laws just kind of fell right into place. It was easy for me to start 
implementing in my own life. Kind of stopped doing the whole jogging thing. Started sprinting once a week, lifting a couple times a week. Got in pretty good shape. And uh, my whole thing is just kind of pay it forward. So I wanted to kind of contribute and help my coworkers out because I see the old – the fire service is pretty traditional. The, a lot of the guys are old school, not as old school as – you know, when the original food pyramid came out in the 19, 1960s, but, you know, they still kind of have that same notion that, you know, fats are bad, eat your grains, eat your dairy, that whole sort of thing. So I thought, why not start with friends and family, take this primal health coaching thing, you know, really have a certification so I can help these people and just seem a little bit more legit. So then I, I could start helping my coworkers. And from coworkers, I could start helping my community and so on. Nice. And, and obviously, yeah, as you said, firefighting, you do need to be pretty fit and healthy for that. And, you know, most of the firefighters I know of are pretty fit. You know, they, they spend a lot of their time um, at the base. And if there's no fires to be fighting, they tend to like heading into the gym and doing a bit of weightlifting and that sort of stuff as well. So, you know, it, it's an interesting community to work with because, like you said, that they often are kind of a relatively fit already uh, but perhaps they're just not doing it in the best way for their body so what sort of stuff did you find with these guys were they fit to start with uh, but what were their deficiencies I guess and what sort of stuff did you work on with them so funny story when my girlfriend first came to visit me at the firehouse she she left and she said you know I really thought that I was going to come and I was going to see all these hot attractive firemen you know like in the calendar <laughs> and it's just not that I don't know how it is out, out there but at least in the U.S., you don't see too many fit firemen, especially at departments that are pretty steady all day. Uh, you don't have much time to work out like the department that I work for. Uh, a lot of guys are overweight, and a lot of guys don't know that they're you know, heading towards prediabetes or metabolic syndrome and that sort of thing. So it's kind of just you got, you got to get through the whole the ego and the manliness and the tradition of the trade. You know, you got these hard-headed blue-collar guys who – don't want to accept, you know, the whole paleo ancestral movement as, you know, a lifestyle. They think it's a, another fad, like, you know, it's a gluten-free diet. So it definitely takes some uh, convincing. Yeah, so so I guess are they more sort of of the old school? They just want to go and, you know, hang out with their mates and drink beer and eat pizza. And, you know, is that kind of the, the sort of lifestyle we're talking about for many of these firefighters? Absolutely. So, I mean, a typical day, you... You know, we all we all pitch in ten bucks for the day. There's six of us on shift, so you got sixty bucks to go to the store and you know buy your meals. So while you're while you're on shift, it's a struggle. There's six of you that have to agree on what are we going to eat today. Most of the time, what's easy and fast because we're going to be taking runs throughout the day. We're going to be interrupted during cooking. You know, we don't we just it's not necessarily convenient. So a lot of guys would just throw on meals like standby which is basically macaroni and cheese for adults that sort of thing so so what do i, I got to hedge my bets you know i got to bring nutrient dense foods with me just in case and tell them hey guys you know i i'm sorry but you know i can't sacrifice my health every third day i'm here because we work 24 on 48 off mm. so so yeah i mean I, a lot of the guys are coming around to it once they see that you know there's no sacrifice there's no struggling you're, we're still eating delicious foods we're still eating lots of meat and veggies it's just you know we're getting rid of those those sad foods you know your, your standard american diet foods like your grains your sugars and also the main thing these firemen can do every fire department needs to ban 
the industrial seed oils. That's the first thing that I tell them when I lecture. Yeah, great. Well, you know, it's funny because I think this community you're talking about, these firefighters, is probably a community that I guess a lot of our listeners can kind of relate to because I think, you know, a lot of the listeners to this show are female um, and a lot of those females have uh, significant men in their lives who are probably a little bit like these firefighters. You know, they can be a little bit resistant, um, they can be a little bit old school, they can be a little bit, you know, blokey and not wanting to really get into this health and wellness message. So I'm sure they would be curious to find out um, how you go about getting through to these guys, you know, how, how you go about helping these guys understand that they might be able to do it a different way and, and get some different results in terms of their life as well. Yeah, so the first thing, obviously, is you got to, you know, preach. Just make sure you're practicing what you preach. Obviously, I they see me avoiding the pastas and the grains. And for them, sometimes it can be kind of hard to accept. It seems like I'm not a part of the brotherhood. We're all sitting at the table while I'm eating, you know, eggs and broccoli while they're all you know enjoying their pasta dishes and they think i'm silently judging them when really it's just you know i have my own level of self-respect when it comes to what i eat i want to feel good and i do better on the job when i'm clear-headed and i don't have that brain fog and i don't feel like i need to go sit in the recliners and take a nap after i eat every time you know so the main thing is is just kind of informing these guys like you know the food pyramid that you're used to, the conventional wisdom that you're used to, it's going to take some, you, you got to be flexible. No more being rigid on your beliefs. And here's why, you know, once you kind of explain to them that we're supposed to eat like a hunter gatherer diet, we're not supposed to eat these high inflammatory grains, raise your insulin. And plus they all want to be fit. Most firemen want to be fit. They want to be healthy. It's just they don't want to sacrifice. And while we're at work, it can be difficult. So they need they need to have a little bit better grasp of how to cook these healthy foods. You know, utilize your crock pots. Utilize your Google searches for paleo recipes, primal recipes, that sort of deal. And, you know, just because we're firemen, it doesn't mean that the other two days we're off. We're just normal people. So you need to you know, measure your own self-merit and say, okay, one day I'm at work, maybe I can be a little more lenient, but those two days I'm off, I can be a little more strict. You know, I can kind of take these steps towards becoming more fat burning, upregulate those genes, kind of cut out the chronic cardio, take it easy on my days off. Because one of the things that people don't understand in the community is when we work these 24-hour shifts, we're up most of the night. Mm. So I'm not going to go and tell these firemen, hey, just so you know, your next day when you get off, your, your leptin and your ghrelin levels are going to be dysregulated. You're going to be more insulin resistant. But what they need to know is it's okay to take it easy. You don't have to get off work and go, you know, bust your ass at the gym just to make yourself feel better, to make yourself feel like you're, you know, staying in shape when really you're just becoming catabolic. You're going to wreck your immune system. It's causing inflammation, and it's going to lead to injury, eventually an early retirement. Yeah, and I guess it seems to me that for these guys, they're, they're physically active in their jobs. So, you know, the, the fact that they're out of shape is much more likely to be related to their diet than their exercise levels. Absolutely. Well, you and I both know that 80% of your body composition goals are related to diet. Like, like Mark Sisson says, the other 10% is exercise, the other 5% 
is stress. The other 5% is sleep. We don't get sleep. We all have, you know, some form of sleep disorder and sleep deprivation that we rarely recover from. And, 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 and you're right. I mean, people think that the firemen are active all the time. We're not out fighting fires all the time. And, and when we're at the firehouse, we try to take it easy. Some guys try to nap because they know they're going to be up all day. But the thing is that I try to, you know, instill in their minds is just keep it moving. Whether we're going to train, we can walk around the firehouse. You know, we got a little bit of workout space at the department that I work at. It's a pretty small station. But as long as we're moving, just, you know, like move frequently. Let's get out there and train. Let's not sit on the recliners. You know, everybody, you know, the active couch potato syndrome sort of thing. Yeah, so let's talk a bit about the sleep because that's obviously going to be a massively important factor for someone who works 24 hours and then has 48 hours off. So how do you manage that? Well, what do you do to, uh, I guess, make sure you get enough sleep but also to try and somewhat normalize your, as you said, your circadian rhythms, your sleep cycles? I mean, it would be very difficult with that sort of schedule. Right, so on, on a typical night, we try to go to bed anywhere you know, around 10 o'clock at least I do. And you kind of know you're going to have at least three or four runs, each run lasting a minimum of 30 minutes. So you're just, it's pretty much damage control. So, you know, leading up to sleep, obviously you want to minimize your screen time and you can tell the guys, Hey, you know, you don't need to be staring at the TV and your phones, but that's kind of just, you know, that's more biohacking than, than they're used to. They don't, they don't understand it. They don't, they don't care. They don't care about their melatonin levels. But what they need to know is when you get off work that next day, you need to go home and nap. A lot of guys have families, so it makes it hard. But if you can't nap, you need to go home. What I recommend you do is I use heart rate variability to tell me the next day, hey, do I need, if I'm going to exercise, I need to know, do I need to have a low exertion day or can I go to the gym and actually, you know, do some work? Hmm you know, accompanied with your, obviously your intuition, your primal intuition, those go hand in hand. I think that's a huge tool. Every fireman should have heart rate variability. I think it's the next up and coming thing. So for people who don't know, explain to them how you measure your heart rate variability and also what you look for. What are the numbers that indicate to you which way you should go in terms of your movement? So the the gear that I use, I, I have a Polar H10 and I combine it with the sweet beat app so what it does is it measures the intervals between your r to r basically uh in between your heartbeats so it's measuring the difference between your parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic nervous system basically your rest and digest and your fight or flight so when one is dominant your your sympathetic nervous system your fight or flight it's most likely going to tell you you need a low exertion day because your body is overworked and overstressed. So what's going to happen is you're going to wear this thing for a few days. It's going to find a baseline, and then it's going to go off that to tell you, okay, now we can tell you whether or not you need to just have low levels of activity today, which just means walk. You know, walk the dog. If you're going to go to the gym, walk on the treadmill. Just you don't need to get your heart rate up and end up making yourself sick. Or it might tell you, you know, all systems go, you know, go do your sprints. We recommend doing sprints once every seven to ten days under the primal blueprint. So 
it might tell you that. And it's another thing, align your workouts with your energy levels. So most of the time when you get off work, like like last night, we we got about maybe two hours of sleep broken up. So today, what I do to mitigate that is the only thing that works for me, I've found, is to fast. Hmm. So as soon as, as soon as I eat the next day, no matter what it is, I'm going to get tired and then I'm going to stop functioning. So I fast until I feel like, okay, I've got a little bit of work in today, you know, I've done some research. Obviously, I'm a research junkie. I've, I've read some articles. Maybe now I can go home and nap or just go home and kind of take it easy. But I've been getting better at the not going to the gym and killing myself because it does make you feel better in the short term. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that where you say, man, I don't want to work out. I know I don't <laughs> have the energy. But you go get it in anyways, and afterwards you do feel fine. But then it leads to having those you know, those illnesses twice a year, those upper respiratory infections and so on. Did you know that physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes? Well, you probably did, because you're one of my smart listeners on that paleo show. But that's compared to people who are inactive. Don't you think it makes sense then that if you're physically active, you should pay less for your life insurance? Health IQ thinks so. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious life. So if you're in the United States, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo. Or mention the promo code paleo when you talk to a Health IQ agent. So tell us a little bit, Nick, about this stoic philosophy you've been researching. How did you come across that? I came across Stoic philosophy when I came across a random Marcus Aurelius meditations book in the library. (laughs) And what I love about Stoicism is it's just, it's an ancient philosophy that's, that kind of just hits home. It's like, okay, I've kind of been living this way my entire life anyways, but these guys are just, you know, brilliant. They, they, it's a guide to the good life. So after that, you know, I started trying to apply these principles. So there's there's three main Stoic philosophers that I read. It's it's Marcus Aurelius, it's Epictetus, and Seneca. I recommend everyone go get Marcus Aurelius' Meditation, Seneca's um, Letters from a Stoic, and Epictetus' Discourses and Writings, and just kind of see which one of those guys you resonate with because the, they make it easy to deal with stress, to prepare for stress in life, to appreciate what you have and be grateful for what you have. And th- it's kind of just worked for me in the fire service where, one, like I said, one of the most dreadful things is you know you're going to be up all night. So, so the Stoics practice negative visualization, which is where you imagine that's already going to happen, so it kind of lessens the blow when it, when it comes about. And that, in fact, will reduce your cortisol levels when it does happen. You won't be at stress. You won't get upset. And you'll have a better mood, a better attitude towards the whole thing. Because the Stoics say, the only thing that you can control in life is your attitude and your actions. Don't try to, once you stop trying to control externals, like people's opinions of you, your reputation, the money you make, that sort of thing, you'll be much happier. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love it. You know, I've I've recently uh, actually just read Marcus Aurelius' uh, Meditations, so that was on my list. Um, and I kind of got into it from a few more modern books. So I, I read uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F-U-C-K. Uh, I read The Obstacle is the Way, and I read another book called Resilience, all of which had been recommended to me kind of around the same period of time. And and it really got me interested in it. So that was what actually then made me go back and read the Marcus Aurelius book. And uh, it's just, it's cool. I, I love the philosophy. It makes so much sense. Um, have you read some of those more modern books or do you like to really stick to the, the old school stuff? Oh, I have. I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday. I really like how he's kind of bringing Stoicism like mainstream. His Daily Stoic is great for anybody who wants to pick it up. It's just 365 pages. Each page has a quote. A brilliant quote from a Stoic, and then he kind of just touches on it in his own words. And The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, both great books. Um, another book I'd recommend is not exactly Stoicism, but I imagine the psychologist Viktor Frankl, um, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was some Stoic influence there, uh, one of the best books ever written. Um, but as far as some more modern books... Yeah, Tim Ferriss. I'm sure you know Tim Ferriss. He's a huge, hmm. huge proponent of Stoicism. He's written a lot about it in his book, uh, Tools of Titans, as, along with Tribe of Mentors. Yeah, nice one. So, I'm curious then, uh, you know, we just spent a fair bit of time talking about Stoicism. Before that, we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of rest and recovery and being kind to yourself. So, how do you gel these two together? <laughs> like, like, how do you know when you just need to be a little bit more stoic and buckle up and push through and when you need to back off a little bit and make sure you rest and recover and be kind to yourself? Because I feel like sometimes people get stuck between those two and, and they feel like, you know, one day they're like, right, I'm all motivated. I'm going to go and do it and go get it. And then, then the next day they're like, well, I better be kind to my body. I better pull back. And they sort of seem to fluctuate between the two and sometimes try and struggle to try and find the balance. So how do you do that and how do you recommend other people do that? I recommend you take up some sort of meditative practice and slow life down and, and be present. Just like Ram Dass says, you need to be here now. Um, it, it's I've never been good at meditation, but I find that reading is the most nurturing form of meditation that I that I've come across. And that's why I appreciate, you know, on days where I might not be too up for heavy workouts and, and activity and I do need some leisure time. Leisure time is best for me when I still learn. Hmm. So I still involve, you know, some ancient wisdom. And it's not only Stoicism. I appreciate cynicism and Epicureanism and other forms of philosophy, but also, you know, a guide to living at one with your genes. And that's where I come into the primal blueprint, you know, the whole epigenetics and nutrigenomics thing, whereas stoicism is living at one with nature in the philosophical sense. They kind of just go hand in hand for me. Yeah, it, it just makes sense. I, I feel a little bit the same. I feel like you and I have kind of a similar sort of philosophy in that respect. Um, so, uh, tell me about, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned in your bio is a love of coffee. Um, so, how does coffee fit into this picture? Because obviously, you've spoken about rest and recovery and, you know, not overstimulating your adrenals and that sort of stuff. So, how do you do coffee? How often do you do coffee? And, and how does that fit into your picture of, um, you know, looking after your body and, and not overstimulating your body? Right. 
So, uh, you know, as fireman by profession, I drink too much coffee. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm a work in progress just like everyone else. I drink way too much coffee. And it does put me a little on edge. But if the worst thing that I'm doing is consuming too much coffee, then I'm okay with that. Um, basically, I appreciate a good cup of coffee. Every now and then I'll do, do a little bit of butter on my coffee in the morning before work. Um, if I'm not just going to fast until lunch. When I get off work, um, I might put down a pot or two by myself. And I've developed a high tolerance for that. I kind of accept the uh, ill effects. I mean, it's high in antioxidants. We all know coffee is great for you, but it will stress your adrenals. And I kind of... I kind of go off the handshaking test. So once my hands start to shake, that's it for me. <laughs> you know, I sit around, I, I have my, my Topo Chico mineral water on one side and my, my black coffee on the other side. I feel like some, in some ways diluting the, the caffeine and, and it's making it, you know, less, <laughs> less uh, taxing, which is all, you know, mind games. But, Oh, I love it, mate. I, I love the fact that you just owned it. You, know, you just went, yep, I have too much coffee and we're all a work in progress because nothing could be more true. You know, people think that all of the people who I interview on this show, you know, every single one of us is a work in progress and that's totally okay. You know, we all have stuff, always have stuff that we're working through, stuff that we're trialing, stuff we're changing, stuff that we'd like to change um, and that's just... Yeah, human nature, isn't it? That's just human existence. So um, I think it's great that you've just uh, acknowledged that. And, and once again, I think that kind of just fits in with the stoic philosophy you're talking about of saying, well, look, you know, it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. And that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. And that's the thing, that, you know, as a now that I'm doing the health coaching thing, clients need to know that too. People need to know that out there. If you do make a mistake it's just a single event it's all choices it, it doesn't mean that you're going to go down this horrible path this downward spiral where you need to keep making mistakes it was just one time time to move on yeah exactly it's not a reflection of all the choices you make and it's certainly not a reflection of you and i think that's the most important thing for people to understand and it can be that's fine with me i love coffee I love sitting down with people and, and, and you know having a conversation over coffee. My thoughts, my brain starts to fire better. I appreciate it. And that's one thing that I enjoy in life. There has to be a balance. And and I will pay for it one day. I know I, know I will. But. <laughs> nice. I love it, Nick. I love it. So tell me about the clients you work with. You know, what's uh, Obviously, you started off primarily with friends, family, and firemen. Uh, but what's, um, what's your average client now? Uh, are they you know, in your area? Are they on Skype? And what are the common problems you're seeing with your clients? Yes, they are. So right now I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I'm looking to do more group sessions here in the near future. And also I do speaking events. I'm trying to go from the surrounding departments to every time I take a trip, wherever I'm going, like I'm going to Colorado at the end of this month. And I hope to speak with some uh, departments out there. Just kind of let them know some actionable takeaways that their firemen can make and around the firehouse just to uh, kind of improve their health. So right now, I just I just graduated from the Primal Health Coach program a few months back, so I'm still kind of, like I said, a work in progress. But I've been doing this for years. I just needed that. You know, when you start the Primal Health Coaching program, you kind of go into it thinking that you know everything because you've already read the Primal Blueprint. 
you know, you, you follow Mark's Daily Apple religiously, you've read every article, but you kind of just got to put your white belt back on and realize that you're there to learn. And I, and I was really humbled, you know, when I, when I did go through the program, it's just, there's so much good information there. Uh, you know, I'm really happy with the choice that I made. So, so tell us a little bit about that program because there, there would be a lot of people listening to this show and I know there are a lot of people listening to this show who either would like to or have already started a career in health and wellness. Um, some of them as a result of listening to this show, which is very, very cool. Um, and many of them would have looked at Mark Sisson's Primal Blueprint coaching program and thought, you know, that might be something for me because, you know, a lot of the time they'll look at, I guess, the, the mainstream nutritional programs and exercise programs and things like that and think, well, you know, that's good. I'd glean some knowledge out of that, but it doesn't fit with my philosophy. So, um, tell us about Mark Sisson's program. Uh, yeah, how did you go? How long did it take? How hard was it? Uh, what did you think of it? So, Mark Sisson's Primal Health Coaching Program is, if you don't know, Mark Sisson is basically one of the pioneers in this whole primal paleo ancestral health movement. His book, The Primal Blueprint, um, has helped thousands, if not, you know, so many people improve their health and kind of reclaim their health as it did for me. And that's why I decided I would go through this just so I could kind of pass on this information, let people know what worked for me and uh, just have a better understanding of it. So, so his preeminent ancestral health coaching program kind of just goes over, you know, the 10 lifestyle laws of the primal blueprint, you know, eat plants and animals, how to exercise and avoid chronic cardio, get plenty of sunlight, have social interaction, avoid poisonous things and stupid mistakes, so on, so on. And when you live in accordance with your with your genes, your genes still expect the same thing that our Homo sapien ancestors did. That's basically the I'd say the the main thing that people need to realize is that it's teaching you how to reprogram your genes to express themselves in a healthy way and to render your familial dispositions for, you know, diabetes and obesity kind of irrelevant. So he takes you through the 10 primal blueprint laws and then he gives you the actionable takeaways. So everyone needs to eliminate the sad foods, you know, remove the sugars, the industrial seed oils, the vegetable oils and the grains from their diet because ever since the agricultural revolution, all of our healths have uh, kind of been on the decline, even though it allowed our whole population to expand. And, you know, we did away with the two, two um, you know, the, the predator danger and starvation, the two things that kept us evolving. We've kind of been at a standstill. So the next thing is to, uh, to shop, cook, and dine primally. So it, it teaches you how to, to eat, to cook at home, and when you do have to go out, which everyone does, uh, to try to, like I said, control the damage, and don't be afraid to ask for certain things. You know, tell tell the cook, you know, do you mind cooking that in butter? You know, I don't want it cooked in those, you know, the canola oil, and I don't want those carcinogens in my body. That sort of thing. It teaches you where food exists on the spectrum, and then it kind of goes into the the coaching aspect. He you know, recruited Christine Hessler, the, the life coach who's amazing. And she goes through, you kind of teaches you how to 
coach, gives you kind of a 12-week coaching program that you can start your clients off with, which is great. And uh, also offers the 21-day transformation for those who want to, you know, already kind of have an idea of this way of living, but just want the down and dirty 21-day fix. And uh, it only takes 21 days to uh, reverse a lot of metabolic disease. So it's a great program. Um, you know, I, my hat's off to Mark Sisson. I couldn't be more grateful for him and the influence he's had on my life. And still working on the whole coaching thing. Uh, it's it's new to me, but I love talking to people. I love these one-on-one sessions, you know, growth and contribution. I think it's <laughs> Tony Robbins' uh, big thing. And I've kind of just adopted that way of living as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today and having a chat about primal health and also about philosophy. So uh, for people who want to find out more about you, they can head to your website, which is primalosophy.com. That's primal, O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. Uh, and they can find you at Instagram and Twitter at, at primalosophy. Um, and obviously, they can you know look you up on the website and chat to you about doing their health coaching either in person or uh, online as well. So thanks for joining us, mate. Brett, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I just ordered your book, the uh, the um, How to Eat Like an Elephant. So, oh, or wow. How to Eat an Elephant. Yeah. Did I get the title right? That's it, How to Eat an Elephant. That's all right. It's, it's not even for sale in Australia anymore, so I'm not even sure where you found it. That's great. Um, so uh, until next week, for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. Health IQ are not just an insurer. They're a life insurance agency. They take the customer through the journey from when they submit their interest to starting an application, going through the underwriting and to enforcing the policy as well. The policy is underwritten by one of their top partners who is an insurer. So if you're in the US, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo or mention the code paleo when you talk to your Health IQ agent. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.